Welcome to Fast Fiction Podcasts, where we hope to intrigue, interest, or entertain you with End of an Era. The room was hot, crowded, and noisy. Coarse laughter came from the men, shrill giggles from the women. The club members solemnly honoured the spirits of the valiant dead, then enthusiastically began to enjoy the spirits of the festive season. The lean elderly gentleman standing in the wings of the stage watched quietly. His meticulously brushed coat was frayed at the cuffs and his gleaming shoes had worn down heels. The clock beside the austere painting of a young Queen Elizabeth showed 8.25. With a sigh, he began the exercises he had observed for over 60 years. He flexed each finger, clenched and unclenched his hands, and shook his wrists. Finally, giving three deep breaths, he was ready. The red-faced president of the club mopped his brow and gave a slight nod of acknowledgement to the musician. Spurred on by a few friendly hecklers and enjoying the spotlight, the rotund presenter began announcing his guest's impressive credentials. He stammered over the unfamiliar foreign-sounding names of Mendelssohn and Wagner, Rachmaninoff and Tchaikovsky. Whilst around him, his mates and peers, their wives and women, fenced their dreams by apathy and ignorance. They chattered amongst themselves. The old man waited on patiently, his own dreams now a thing of the past. In his youth, women had flocked to him, men had envied him, and cities had opened their doors to his music. He had been presumptuous in his expectations of their adulation until the war had forced him to trade the challenge of audiences for armies. But, stirred with the arrogance of youth, he had eagerly taken a commission in the army, and like many of his peers, he played at soldiers from the safety of grand old homes, converted into army strongholds. He had moved battalions of men around paper boards, cheering the victors and mourning the dead, yet having no more idea of the true nature of war than the young shopkeepers now before him. Even so, in his own way, he felt he knew suffering. After all, friends and family were lost to the great cause. Fine cognac was in short supply, and he missed the flirtation of pretty feather-headed women. And worse, he soon found that without the prestige of a piano to flaunt his talents, he presented a pitiful figure, no more than mediocre in his failures. But happily all wars eventually end, and he joyously anticipated returning to his true craft. With enthusiasm and vigour, he practised his favourite pieces, tuning and fine-tuning his returning accomplishments until finally he felt confident to put out the shingles, notifying that a maestro was again available for performance. It took quite a while before he realised that something was different and horribly wrong. Venues that had once clamoured for his largesse were now but rubble, and his adoring patrons were too busy with restorations to know he had been missed. He found that where magnificence had once been measured in quality, now the masses of mediocrity were endorsed as the measuring stick of success. 
For the first time in his life, he experienced a dwindling income. Grand hotels gave way to private, and private gave way to boarding houses. First-class travel was replaced by a new delineation. Tourist arrogance gave way to penitence. And finally, the music. Dance bands, jazz groups, torch singers, twanging guitars, strobe lighting and disc jockeys all ate away at the world he knew. Born from the battlefields of harsh realities, new generations embraced their own loud, bright culture and banished as history the values of the past. He became bewildered and a little frightened. He became old. Completing his introduction, the MC mopped his brow with relief and finally withdrew as polite applause welcomed the pianist to the centre of the stage. With an accustomed flourish, he settled himself at the piano. Barely waiting for the crowd to hush, he commenced the theatrical, vibrant sounds of Chopin's preludes. His captured spirit soared with the ascendancy of his music. For a few precious moments, the room was quiet and attentive. Some of the audience even held their breath. The clear, sensual notes delivered by the mastery of the performer transposed them to a world they had never shared. The linoleum floors were transformed to marble, the vinyl seats to polished cedar, and the fluorescent lights became flights to the stars of iridescent crystals. Magnificently dressed, race-like figures danced and swirled to the sound pictures created from the keyboard. Time was held on a slender, magic thread. But for others, their thirst for the amber fluid or exchange of a joke or pleasantry was too demanding, and very gradually the hot, crowded room once again became noisy. Raucous laughter could be heard from the men, intermingled with the shrill braying of the women. The old man under the spotlight felt lonely and betrayed. The world had no need of him, yet had left no place for him to go. His name was already trapped in the pages of history, and now his frail old body yearned for the final page to be turned, so that he too may be released. His music ended. Yes, it was time to move on, but for the immediate future, he had nowhere to go. You have been listening to End of an Era, written and read by Brianda Cross. End of an Era is a tribute to Isidore Goodman, a South African, Australian, Jewish pianist and composer who died in 1982, aged 73. And while he himself may be forgotten, the virtuosity of his music hopefully lingers on.